Hey folks, this is Charlotte Clymer. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Charlotte's Web Thoughts. This is the audio slash podcast version of the actual Charlotte's Web Thoughts on Substack.com. You can go subscribe to that at charlotteclimer.substack.com. It's completely free. All you need is an email. It takes less than five seconds to sign up and it helps me out immensely. So please do go subscribe. charlotteclimer.substack.com. October 25th, 2023. The next contestant on the house is far right. I know it's asking a lot, but remember way back when Matt Gates filed a motion to vacate against then-Speaker Kevin McCarthy? That was a little over three weeks ago. And in that time, House Republicans have put forward three separate speaker designates, that's the term for a presumptive speaker, before the majority party ostensibly votes them in, Representatives Steve Scalise, Jim Jordan, and Tom Emmer. For those unfamiliar, the typical process for the party holding the majority in the House is to nominate one speaker-designate, who is then promptly voted in, takes the gavel, and pursues some sort of legislative agenda. That's typically how it goes. It's uh, more of a formality. There's usually not much, if any, suspense to this. Sometimes a sitting speaker may be challenged within their party before the start of a new Congress. But after that, by the time the process gets to the House floor, there are no surprises. Which is all to say that this year has been completely bonkers for House Republicans. It's been especially embarrassing for them. In the midst of several international crises, Ukraine, Israel-Gaza, Taiwan, yet another looming budget showdown in a few weeks, and numerous other problems to address, The House GOP has been steadfastly aloof and incompetent over this speaker mess. Why is this so important? Because it's unclear if legislation can be actually passed by the chamber without a speaker who has been voted into that position. The unelected speaker pro tempore, uh, Representative Patrick McHenry, may not have constitutional power to do so. And moreover, McHenry has flat out refused to test that theory. For a while there, a plan was floated for the bulk of the Republican majority to partner with Democrats and temporarily elect McHenry for a short period in order to pass critical legislation, kind of similar to how a continuing resolution will kick the can down the road in a budget fight, but that got scrapped. Also, and this is very important, the Speaker of the House is second in line to the presidency, just after the vice president, and this vacancy presents a wee bit of a constitutional crisis on that front too. Anyway, only Jim Jordan wound up getting a vote on the House floor, three failed ballot attempts, in fact, because Steve Scalise had the good sense to avoid embarrassment and dropped out before it could go to a full floor vote. And Tom Immer was essentially pushed out early yesterday evening, a mere four hours and 10 minutes after he won the conference vote. Finally, much later in the evening, this is, this is yesterday evening, Mike Johnson, a four-termer representing Louisiana's fourth congressional district and serving as the vice chair of the House Republican Conference, was named speaker-designate after three ballots in the party conference. More on him in a second. But how the hell did we get here? Here's a quick timeline. This past January, after the GOP regained power in the House after the midterms, Kevin McCarthy won the conference vote to become speaker-designate but then struggled through a jaw-dropping 15 separate ballots to finally get the gavel. 
something that had not happened in a very, 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 very long time. In exchange for the title, he bargained away much of his power to extremists within his own party conference, including the unprecedented implementation of a rule that would allow any single member to file a motion to vacate the chair, or in other words, it would only take one person to ask for a vote to fire McCarthy from the position. On October 2nd, that's, you know, a little more than three weeks ago, Matt Gates took advantage of that rule and filed a motion to vacate. The next day on October 3rd, McCarthy was removed before a full vote of the House, 216 to 210. Gates and his cronies within the GOP joined Democrats in voting to fire McCarthy. Democrats did give McCarthy several options to keep the gavel and avoid this, but McCarthy refused to play ball. The next day on October 4th, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise announced their bids for Speaker-designate. Representative Troy Niels announced he would nominate Trump for Speaker, which created a fairly considerable buzz on the Hill that that might actually happen. But then October 5th, Trump formally endorsed Jim Jordan. Six days later, on October 11th, in a private vote by the GOP House Conference, Steve Scalise defeated Jim Jordan 113-99 to to become Speaker-designate. The next day, on October 12th, that's one day, one full day, Steve Scalise withdrew when it was clear he wouldn't have the votes to overcome his detractors within the GOP, not because of Democrats, but because his own colleagues in the party conference would not support him. The next day, on October 13th, Jordan defeated Austin Scott 124-81 to in another private vote by the GOP House Conference, becoming the second speaker-designate this month. Four days later, on October 17th, Jordan lost his first ballot before the full House. He needed 217 to get the gavel. He could only muster 200 votes. That meant 17 GOP colleagues could have voted to save him, but decided not to. The next day, he lost on a second ballot, becoming the first Speaker-designate to fail to reach 200 votes before the full House. That's in all of American history. <laughs> I mean, it's it's nuts. So desperate, Jordan and his allies that same day allegedly threatened a number of his colleagues behind the scenes, attempting to bludgeon them into his corner. That completely backfired, and Jordan made up no ground with the votes that he lost. The next day, more stories came out about Jordan's aggressive and possibly illegal tactics, and his candidacy was widely assumed to be dead. That did not make him drop out, however. On October 20th, Jordan held this bizarre press conference that morning in which he quoted the Bible and said that he'll prevail. Literally moments after his presser started, one of Jordan's allies, Representative Derek Van Orden, announced that he's in Israel. <laughs> so not even close to D.C. in order to vote. Remember, Jordan could only lose four GOP votes, and one of his supporters, the guys who would normally vote for him, wasn't even in the country. Not a great sign. He proceeded to be further humiliated, losing his third consecutive ballot for Speaker. Later that day, the House reconvened and Jordan was formally removed as Speaker-designate in a private conference vote 112-86. to Terribly, terribly embarrassing for Jim Jordan. And think about this. For like the last, you know, seven years, Jordan has made his bones as this staunch defender of Trump. And it all came for nothing. All of it crashed down in one day. 
Anyway, over the next three days, uh, a candidate forum was scheduled for the 23rd, and nine GOP candidates filed before the deadline to be considered for Speaker-designate. On October 23rd, the candidate forum was held, and following that, two candidates withdrew, uh, Dan Muser and Gary Palmer, which meant that only seven candidates would be vying for Speaker-designate. Okay, so that brings us to yesterday. Now, this is a long explanation, but I think it's just, it just needs to be known because people need to know how completely incompetent and disorganized and chaotic the Republican conference is right now. Okay, so yesterday, after five rounds in their private conference vote, Tom Emmer of Minnesota, he's the House Majority Whip, that's the third ranking House Republican, emerged as the speaker designate. Emmer is a controversial choice for House Republicans because he voted to certify the 2020 election results, GASP, and supported the Respect for Marriage Act last year. He is seen as more moderate than his opponents, yet Matt Gates inexplicably decided to support him and whip votes in his favor, which kind of implied Trump supported him too, although that was never confirmed. So here's where things get even more chaotic. Just past noon, Emmer won the vote and almost immediately called for a roll call within the conference to determine if he had enough support to go to the floor, which is smart. There were reportedly 26 GOP holdouts. Remember, he could only lose four votes. On the in the full House vote, so twenty six is bad. That's a, that's a lot of ground to make up. Not good. But Emmer did have Gates and several other Freedom Caucus folks in his corner, so maybe there's a pass. Here's where things get really really crazy. At one eleven p.m., Donald Trump, while sitting in court listening to Michael Cohen testify against him, takes out his phone and posts on his platform Truth Social. That Tom Emmer is a rhino. That's an acronym. It stands for Republican in name only. It's an insult within the Republican Party. And said that he shouldn't be Speaker. Uh oh. This causes a hell of a stir within the GOP conference. And Emmer is making no gains in bringing holdouts into the fold. So the conference adjourns until 4 p.m. to figure things out. Okay, just past 2 p.m., <laughs> Matt Gates, who had just voted for Emmer, and quietly worked to get him over the threshold within the conference, was asked by CNN's Olivia Beavers about Trump's post on Truth Social and responded that it's really important to listen to the, quote, leader of our party. So Gates immediately throws Emmer under the bus, just like without hesitation. In that moment, Emmer's candidacy was basically dead. And everyone was just, was then just working to figure out what happens next before House Republicans reconvene. And then for those few hours before that four o'clock reconvening, there were several Republicans who formally said they would not be supporting Emmer before the full House vote. Okay, just after 4 p.m., the GOP conference gathered again and Emmer formally dropped out. He then promptly left the conference in a huff, even while his colleagues stayed there to figure out where to go. Reportedly. During the conference, Representative Rick Allen told Emmer in front of all their colleagues that he needs to, quote, get right with Jesus due to his support last year for the Respect for Marriage Act, the new law that grants federal recognition of same-sex marriages. Does anyone still believe these people aren't trying to overturn Obergefell? I, I really hope you will disabuse yourself of that notion. They are absolutely coming after same-sex marriage. Okay, anyway, 
So Emmer's Emmer is the third speaker designate, and he's he immediately just gets tossed under the bus. I mean, he was speaker designate for four hours, ten minutes. Four hours, ten minutes. That is beyond mind-boggling. Okay. At 6 p.m., the GOP conference reconvened yet again, and after three ballots, Mike Johnson won the vote over Byron Donald's 128 to 29. They then did a roll call vote to determine if he'll have the support for a full floor vote on the House. He got 199 votes with three members voting present and a few dozen members not voting. Remember, Johnson needs 217 if all of the House is present. So he can really only lose four GOP votes. And he's, you know, lost at that point 18. 18 short of what he would need. So here's where we are. There will supposedly be a speaker vote before the full house today. That leads us to two questions. One, who is this Mike Johnson guy? And two, does he have the votes? Mike Johnson is far right. He is a steadfast supporter of Trump, notably serving as a member of his legal defense team during both impeachment trials in the Senate. He supported the Muslim travel ban. He opposes military aid to Ukraine. He is aggressively anti-LGBTQ and anti-choice. He's basically a Putin-sympathetic Christo-fascist. But it's really not clear that he has the votes. Because Johnson has flown under the radar, America really doesn't know him or his political positions yet. It's quite a roll of the dice for Republicans who are in Biden districts. Do they take the chance on this guy now and hope he doesn't hurt their re-election chances next year? Pretty damn risky call. Here's where Johnson is dangerous, though. He's made few enemies among his colleagues, and he appears to be disciplined in presentation, which is a far cry from Jordan's toddler antics. This could be enough to get him to 217, but again, he can only lose four GOP votes. And with his extremist positions, it's asking a lot for his more moderate colleagues to take one for the team, which which basically would probably mean that many of them lose next year during the midterm, or excuse me, not during the midterms, but during the general election in November. And that would likely mean the Democrats take back the House. So this is very, very, very risky for them to to be putting forward Mike Johnson as their savior. I honestly don't see it happening, but I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe they work out a miracle. Um, I will tell you this, in the short term, it's bad news because of Ukraine, because of Israel, because of the budget fight, because this guy's far right and just very hateful. In the long term... Uh, it's probably good for Democrats. Uh, bad for the country in the short term. Good for Democrats in the long term. Uh, it's complicated, y'all. It's complicated. Ugh. We shouldn't even be here. We should not even be here. This is the fourth speaker designate <laughs> since McCarthy's removal. Four people, four different people have been put forward as the GOP, GOP's choice for Speaker of the House after McCarthy was voted out. So it's a mess. Anyway, per usual, I will be live tweeting the Speaker vote when it takes place today. God help me. As always, if you'd like to buy me a cup of coffee for my coverage of this ongoing fiasco, I'd certainly be grateful. Uh, Venmo me five bucks for coffee. I would love it. I will leave you with this not-so-fun fact. There are 19 male House Republicans named either Michael or Mike. And there are 33 women who are Republicans in the House. 19 men who are named Mike, 
33 women total. Think about that. When asked yesterday why no Republican women have run for speaker-designate, Representative Kathy Morris Rogers replied, we're wiser. Oh, Lord.